And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on today's podcast, I wanted to give you a sort of a trip report of a recent trip I took to the Walt Disney World Resort, tell you about some of the things that I saw and experienced, and uh, kind of give you some thoughts about some of the things that were going on. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, I have the best-kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves a best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way? Have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. And now on with the show. So I took a trip up there at the end of March, and if you heard uh, a podcast or two ago, I was talking about some of the My Magic experiences I had there. So the five of us went up, and uh, we went and we experienced uh, some interesting things. We wound up staying off property, and we traded off staying off property with the $15 to park and not having access to My Magic. So we, um, we had our, my son and I had our annual passes, and the rest of the family bought the three-day passes, and we went around, and we experienced different things along the way. And it was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. We went to the Magic Kingdom the first day. And uh, interesting thing, the uh, Magic Kingdom, it was expected to be about a medium capacity crowd, you know, maybe a five or a six with, you know, some number of people there. And there was a lot of people who just took advantage of the fact that it was a school holiday, school break in the, uh, in the local area and some of the larger counties in Florida and uh, took to the parks. And, of course, the week before had been the uh, first round of the uh, NCAA tournament, some of which was in Orlando. So a lot of people were there f- who had come down to see their team play and uh, had hung around for the, for the following week. So, you know, you had a lot of people there, and uh, the park was a little more crowded than I might have expected, but that's okay. You know, it was, uh, it was all right. The cast members did a great job of accommodating everybody and making everybody happy. So we're there, and uh, we're enjoying ourselves. We, um, there was another interesting thing going on in the, in the parks while we were there. The uh, TV show The Middle, which uh, airs on a- ABC, uh, was actually um, there filming, uh, doing their season finale uh, at Walt Disney World. So several times there were areas that were closed off, and we couldn't get into them because they were filming uh, some scene for the show or something was going on, and we had to uh, wait or go around or do something. But a couple of times we got to see the production actually happening, saw the actors and so forth. So that was kind of neat in its own strange way. 
Um, but it was just kind of odd because, you know, it was already so crowded and now they were just making things a little more complicated. Um, but that's okay, I guess. You know, it was kind of neat to see something different. You don't usually get to see a TV show being filmed while you're there. Now, the other thing that was happening is um, they're widening the hub out. As you may have heard, then the uh, hub that's in front of the castle that goes off into the different themed lands, um, it currently has uh, one main street road that leads up to it, and then it goes around in one circle and goes off to the different lands. Uh, they're actually going to double it to expand the size of it to put more um, areas where people can go around and uh, get to different areas. And also, the oh, by the way, is they're going to add additional space for parade watching and fireworks viewing where you can book it with your fast pass plus if you want to use one of your fast pass pluses for that you can use it so they want to make sure that people have a good viewing area in those cases where they're able to see with uh, see the whole thing and be able to experience it and while i appreciate that i think it changes the nature of what the hub is and the way the main street works and it's kind of weird the way it kind of all looks now i mean under construction it's very strange and it's really kind of weird to see the whole waterway being dried out and drained out. And I think it's going to be strange to see the waterway not go all the way around anymore because they're they're going to take away part of the waterway. The cool thing about it is the waterway that was in front of the castle went all the way around in a big loop, all the way up and uh, into um, Adventureland to one direction, and then into Tomorrowland in the other direction. And it went in a big loop, and you you could basically go around. That's what the swan boats used to do in the early 70s and into the early 80s. Uh, and now that uh, that feature will be gone. And I, I think that's kind of strange because that was a really important feature, I thought, to, that really kind of showcased the park in, to a degree. So uh, they'll be doing more things like that, and you'll see, uh, you'll see more construction happening for a while. There was also an element of bad show. They were doing some work on the castle, so there was a, a big barrier in front of the castle, and there was a couple of cranes that you could see in the, uh, in the view of the castle. And, you know, I know that's part of, the, part of the job. You have to maintain the castle, and you want to do it at your lowest peak times, and this happens to generally be one of them. The thing I noticed was that most people, most people that were there were not there um, as uh, guests wearing magic bands. They were there people uh, having the three-day passes or whatever and going around and just enjoying themselves um, from, uh, from local areas. So uh, that was kind of interesting just to observe that and notice that that was going on. Uh, we did get a chance to uh, to do some different things. We didn't eat at the Be Our Guest restaurant this time, but we did eat at uh, at uh, Cosmic Rays a couple of times. So that's always fun to hear Cosmic uh, to hear Sunny Eclipse playing at Cosmic Rays, um, and we got to you know have a couple of different uh, dishes there. You know the food is okay, uh, nothing spectacular, but it's good. It was um, you know it was fine. We didn't have any issues with the ordering this time. Seems like every time I go there, there's issues with ordering, but this time everything worked out just fine. It was uh, exactly what we expected it to be. So that was uh, that was fine. We spent a fair amount of time over at Tom Sawyer's Island, which is something that, honestly, I hadn't done in years. Uh, we just went around and we just kind of hung around and went, explored a little bit and had some fun. One of the cast members there was showing me some cool things and some features that are hidden in plain sight, some that are uh, you have to go into the dark and you have to light up to be able to see, and some that you uh, might see around on the outside. And it was really pretty neat. It was sort of a nice little view of the world because you don't think about these things you go so fast by some things you don't think about what's there and there's some really interesting things there some very intricate designs and some cool things so it was neat to be able to spend a little time with it oh and of course we ran across the barrel bridge and and went over to the old fort and used the uh, the emergency escape and it was just a good time and if you don't know what i'm talking about you got to go check it out i'm telling you it's fun then we also went over and we uh, we had some fun. We we saw the Country Bear Jamboree. Uh, we went to see the Hall of Presidents. We went around and just you know checked out some different things that we really hadn't seen in a long time. You know you spend so much time going to all the the fun attractions and doing the roller coasters and we did those. 
but we spent time doing some of the other things too, off the beaten path a little bit and things that people forget about sometimes. We went into the tiki room and we uh, we had some fun with it. We rode the Jungle Cruise, and the uh, the skipper hat we had was great. Now, of course, it used to be in the old days, it was only men who would be the skippers, and the women could work on the docks. But now, women are skippers too, and uh, they have a sometimes they have a different personality than the men. You know, their their approach to it is different. And this one skipper we had, she was great. She's going along, and she's just you know she's doing everything. It's she's having some fun with it. And then at one point, when we get to the um, the place where the uh, the uh, gorillas have overturned the jeep. She goes. She she just goes along. And she's giving the you know the usual spiel, and then she just stops, yells out the side of the boat. She goes, "Hey, do you guys know how to park a jeep or what?" And you left the lights on. It was just you know it was one of those classic moments when you just stop and you laugh and you go, "All right, that's great." You know she's having some fun with it, and that's what it should be. You should be having some fun with it, and uh, it was a good time. So we we enjoyed that, and we uh, went around and just checked out uh, checked out different things. So I don't know if you noticed this, but there's this subtle thing that's going on with the Magic Kingdom. The Magic Kingdom itself, when they raise the ticket prices across the board for the parks, for a one-day pass, the Magic Kingdom is a different price than the other three parks. It's a couple of dollars more. I think it, it wound up at 99 and the other ones are at 96 or 95 something like that. So you, ha- you pay a couple of dollars premium to go into the Magic Kingdom. Also, with the annual passes, uh, if you have a Florida resident pass or any kind of a seasonal pass... Those annual passes have different blackout dates for the Magic Kingdom than they have for the other parks, so that it becomes more of a premium park as well. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, wow, they're kind of setting this in a different standard. And the park was more crowded than the other parks, and it seemed a little more jammed to me. And while I still love the Magic Kingdom, I'm thinking to myself in the back of my mind, maybe the Magic Kingdom is not my favorite park anymore. Maybe it's number two. I don't know what's number one, but maybe it's number two. So it just kind of occurred to me that, you know, while I love the park, some of the changes that they're making aren't necessarily for the better and make me think twice about it being my favorite park right now. There's more things, I think, being taken away than are being added. Not to say there's not stuff being added, not to say that I don't love it, just that it's different and I'm not feeling the same way about it. I'm not feeling the love the way I usually do for the Magic Kingdom. So just something to, to kind of keep in the back of my mind as I as I think about the uh, the park. So... That was, a, that was a lot of fun to go into the Magic Kingdom and have some fun. Uh, the other day we were there, we went into Epcot. Now, Epcot is kind of a strange place. Uh, it's sort of this uh, disjointed thing. When I had on Tim Foster a couple weeks ago, he was telling me that, hands down, it was his favorite park. So while I was there, I took a few moments to kind of take a step back and look at it from the same perspective. Let's look at what it is and what it does. There's a certain genius that goes into the, uh, the park itself. Yes, it's kind of Walt's vision, and no, it's not at all Walt's vision, but there's some very clever things that were done there to kind of incorporate some of Walt's vision that, uh, that would, would have been this experimental prototype community of tomorrow. And you have these 11 countries, including the USA that, and a couple of other uh, areas, that really do represent other parts of the world. Are they really like going to those other parts of the world? Of course not. You know, you go to those countries and you experience the country. Here you're just getting that little flavor of it. It's like, you know, it's like taking a little uh, bite of an appetizer. Is that like having the whole meal? No, of course not. It's, you know, you're, you're just getting a, a little exposure to it so you get a little sense of it. It's neat that they staff it with people from those countries and it's really interesting to talk to people and to experience that little taste of it, but it's not like being there. But it's still fun and interesting to go around. And then the other parts of the park that have the more 
uh, imaginative parts where you're talking about instead of being the, the world showcase, it's the future world part. If you kind of take a step back and just look at it as being future world, it's sort of what Tomorrowland maybe could have been. Yes, t- 30 years ago, the whole future world was probably better than it is today, better themed, better oriented, but it's still pretty cool. And they've still got some clever things going on there. If you really stop and look at them and pay attention to them, there's some interesting things happening there. Maybe not as interesting as it was, but still pretty interesting, and there's a lot of int- intricacies. And if you pay attention to what's going on, it's, it's pretty neat. So taking a look at it, I'm like, wow, maybe this is you know, becoming a you know, park that moves up on my list a little bit to a, to a higher point. It was a lot of fun to be there and just experience it and walk around. The Flower and Garden series was going on, so there's all the beautiful gardens and all the things happening. And there was so many neat things just kind of going on. And then I took my kids over. My older son, of course, you heard about uh, playing the Agent P game previously. Uh, when I went with him last year, we were able to do that. Now I had my other kids playing it. So uh, my daughter thought it was pretty cool but got bored with it after a few minutes. My younger son, I'll call him Griffin II, he uh, actually had a fantastic time and didn't want to stop playing. He actually played for a couple of hours while we were going to the different pavilions. He just kept playing and playing and wouldn't stop and just had such a great time. He thought it was the coolest thing ever. He's like, oh my god, this is great, I love this. And I agree with him, it is really, really neat. So the way it works, if you haven't listened to my podcast about them before, you spend about, um, you have, each one of the countries has about five missions. And you're trying to help uh, the organization without a cool acronym, uh, the OWCA, as uh, Major Monogram calls it, to defeat Dr. Doofenshmirtz. Now, if you've never seen Phineas and Ferb, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Dr. Doofenshmirtz is the uh, evil scientist who wears the lab coat, who's always creating some sort of an innator to be able to take over the tri-state area. And somehow or other, Perry the Platypus, who's a, who's, <laughs> who's a secret agent, is able to stop him. And meanwhile, Phineas and Ferb are doing some ridiculous thing with uh, some, some building thing that they're doing that their mom never sees. But anyway, that's the whole storyline. So you're helping Agent P to defeat um, Dr. Doofenshmirtz. And it's really, really clever. And you go around and you have some fun with it. And uh, you immerse yourself in this experience where you're just helping out to, uh, to solve these problems and, and do these things. And you have to go around. You have to actually experience some of the country in order to do it. You have to interact with cast members. You have to uh, talk to people. You have to see things. You have to really kind of enjoy it and take it in. And you have to actually explore the pavilions to some degree. And that, to me, is the coolest part because you're getting the kids interested in something other than um, just, you know, going with mom and dad, okay, I'm in this pavilion, what now? It's kind of cool because they're actually spending some time and looking around the pavilion. And you can leave them to go a little bit on their own, and they'll ask you for help when they need it. I was helping my younger son, and we were just going around, and he was doing most of it on his own. So they give you, at each one of the countries, there's about five missions. A mission takes about, oh, 10 minutes or so. So, you know, you could spend an hour at each pavilion if you want to, and then you go to the next pavilion and you keep going. So we were spending probably a little around two hours going through a couple of pavilions, um, maybe two and a half hours or so when we went through most of it. And it was just, he had so much fun going through them and seeing these different things. And, you know, things turn and images come on and these uh, characters come to life every once in a while that just come out of nowhere. And it's really, really cool and very fun. And, uh, you know, you just have things happen and it's just, it's really an interesting experience. And I'm, I'm glad we got to experience that and enjoy it. And, uh, the family got to see it. And I highly recommend it if you're going to go visit Epcot. It's really a cool thing and you'll, I think you'll find it very enjoyable. And speaking of Agent P, one of the cool things that you get is along the way, if you're in the France Pavilion, there's a hidden die inside one of the, um, press penny machines. 
And it's a, uh, a Perry the Platypus uh, press penny that you get out of it. So you have to play the game in order to get that press penny. And uh, it was kind of neat because, uh, so you get the Perry the Platypus uh, press penny out of it, elongated penny out of it. And, uh, oh, that reminds me, I've got a press penny app that you might enjoy. I'll put a link to it in my show notes page so you can go and find it and uh, be able to enjoy the, uh, the press pennies, finding press pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. There's a, a version 2 that's due out soon. It may even be out by the time this podcast is out there. I'll make sure I put that in my show notes page. I'm waiting for, uh, for it to go through the approval process, but we'll see what happens. Um, so let's see what else. When I was in Epcot, the other thing I noticed was the uh, Anna and Elsa. Uh, they were still there because it was the end of March. They're moving uh, in April. Um, by the time this podcast airs, I'm assuming they will have moved. Uh, Anna and Elsa, it was a, a five-hour wait to go and see them, and they had to close the line. They, they left at uh, 7, so they were closing the line at like 4 o'clock so that they had time for everybody to come through the line uh, to be able to see them. And it's just an astounding thing. So they started, they're going to be moving to the Magic Kingdom, and they, uh, the day that they announced that they were moving to the Magic Kingdom, they also announced that there was going to be a fast pass for them. Because people were booking 180 days out and saw this come up, all the fast passes for the first, I don't know, two or three weeks that they were available are gone. We're gone right away, like in the first 10 minutes. So I don't know how they're going to manage this and what's going to happen there. Um, but it's just amazing to me how popular these characters are. Not to say that other par- uh, characters aren't popular, but those two, for some reason, they are just enormously popular. And I can't, can't quite figure it out. Um, I think it's great, and I, I enjoyed the movie thoroughly, but uh, I don't quite understand it. You know, and you can go a lot of other places and see a lot of the other princesses and other characters and not have to wait more than a few minutes, ten maybe, uh, to see most of them. Now, it's, there's, some, there's some exceptions, but uh, for the most part, you can go and see them pretty quickly. So it just seems kind of strange to me in some way. The other thing I noticed was uh, a couple of times when I made a purchase, especially like a meal purchase, there was a receipt that printed out that actually had a discount on it. Now, I've never seen a discount being offered at a Disney park before. And basically what it was, 20% off on a purchase at particular stores in each one of the uh, theme parks before from park opening until 1 p.m. I'm like, really? That's kind of interesting. And I'm wondering if that's the precursor to some of the My Magic benefits they're going to be offering later when they're trying to, you know, incent you to make a purchase or incent you to do something, if that's what's going to happen with it, if they're trying to do something to get you moving in that direction. So we'll see if that's what happens, but I'm kind of kind of I'm wondering about that because I've never seen a discount appear on a Walt Disney World receipt before. But yet here was one where suddenly, you know, there's a there's an actual uh, discount that's being offered. Now, the other thing in Epcot was I spent a lot of time Uh, We spent a lot of time going up into the uh, second floor to look through the fish tank and uh, to interact with some of the cast members that were in there and talk about some of the uh, the, uh, fish and other sea life that were uh, living in the tanks. Now, we did get to see Turtle Talk, and we did get to see uh, the the Nemo ride, but then we went upstairs. Now, I hadn't been upstairs in probably, I don't know, a really long time. It's probably been, I'm embarrassed to say, 15 years or so since the last time I went upstairs in the Living Seas. And actually spent some time up there and actually looked through the aquarium and the tank. Now, I know at some point in time that that uh, aquarium was the largest indoor aquarium uh, in the United States. Um, I know it's been exceeded now by other aquariums that have come up. But at the time, it was really something remarkable. And it's still pretty neat when you look at it and the number of things that are there and uh, the amount of um, uh, sea life that's there. And talking to cast members about some things, it was really pretty cool. It was, uh, it was neat to see and actually enjoy um, that experience. Uh, like I said, I hadn't been up there in a really long time, and it was just really cool to be able to spend a little time there and experience it because I just hadn't in so long. And again, it's another overlooked thing. 
you know, I hadn't been up there in so long. I, I walked in and I go, oh my God, I remember this. But I, you know, you just kind of forget about it because you don't go up there for, for a while. And it seems so subtle. You come out of the, come out of the uh, ride and you're right there by Bruce the Shark and the kids play there and then you walk right back out the door. But take a trip upstairs and spend a little time looking through the fish tank. It's pretty neat what you're able to see up there. So a couple of other things we did over at the Magic Kingdom. We were able to uh, ride the uh, railroad, the steam railroad, all the way around the Magic Kingdom. That's always a fun time. Um, You know, sometimes you just need to stop and take it in. These are real working steam engines that are from the early 1900s that have been beautifully restored, and they're still in great working order, and they're able to take them around every day. And you can experience them, and it's really something, and it's well worth your time to take a trip around on the uh, on the on the railroad, and just really enjoy it. It's something that's that's unique that you don't get to experience much anymore in life. These uh, these wonderful old railroads like this. Another thing we did was uh, we went to the uh, the Incredibles dance party uh, over in Tomorrowland, and it was kind of fun. Mister Incredible and Elastigirl were out there, and Frozone came out for a while, and they were all dancing around and having some fun interacting with the kids, and it was a good time. Um, that was something that was really uh, really fun, and I'm glad uh, glad we got a chance to experience it. Well, that's my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, I'm going to leave you with a little bit of the uh, Michael Jackson music from the uh, Captain EO show. Now, the Captain EO show was really remarkable when it was first came out in 1986. It really was something groundbreaking, innovative, and unique. I realize that now it doesn't stand the test of time. You know, 30-ish years later, it's kind of in that at that point where you look at it and you go, eh, it's not the same. It's really not that cool. It's, you know, it's kind of dated in some ways. But it's still, if you step back and look at it, it's still pretty cool in its own weird way. So I'm going to leave you with a little bit of music. And I'm going to remind you that if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. To bring a gift to your highness, to someone as beautiful as you, very beautiful within your highness, but without a key to unlock it. And that is my gift to you. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. 
Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app. 